from WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., the U.S. Senate race between Republican State Senator Leah Vukmir and Delafield businessman Kevin Nicholson heated up late last week. The two will face each other in a Republican primary in August. And the winner, of course, will take on Democrat Tammy Baldwin in November. Nicholson released the results of some internal polling that shows he is 18 points ahead of Vukmir, and that's a big jump from December when the same company did an internal poll and it showed Nicholson up by seven. So should the Vukmir camp be worried? These numbers aren't that surprised if you think about it because the airways have largely been left to Nicholson and his backers for the last several months. Uh, we've seen a couple super PACs doing ads Back in Nicholson, praising him, you know, John Bolton, Super PAC, one out of Iowa. We have not seen anything on the air yet, uh, up until now, TV-wise, from, from people backing Vukmir. Got our first radio ad a couple weeks ago, I think. Now we've got a TV ad that was released on Thursday. One of the selling points about Vukmir from her backers is that, you know, she's got a record in Wisconsin. Um, people in southeastern Wisconsin know her very well. But if you are somebody in La Crosse or Eau Claire or Wausau, you probably don't know Lee Vukmir or her reputation. I mean, it's just a fact of life that state senators are not that well-known statewide. So they've got to get a narrative about her out there and start trying to uh, help building her name ID. And the next big thing we're going to see are campaign finance numbers for the first quarter. I'll tell us how they're doing with that. And then we have another big test coming up in, in May with the state GOP convention where there will be an endorsement vote. That's a big deal for Vukmir. She's trailed Nicholson for resources so far but some of her backers think that she can get the party to endorse her, and if that happened, it would it would be a boost. In another race we've been keeping an eye on, some new numbers are in, and they show that Randy Bryce, a Democrat who is challenging House Speaker Paul Ryan this fall, raised more than $2 million in the first three months of this year. This brings his overall total to about $5 million. How do these numbers compare to Paul Ryan's, and should the House Speaker take the Bryce campaign seriously at this point? Yeah, I've not seen uh, Ryan's first quarter numbers yet. He's been holding steady at about $10 million bucks in the bank, roughly, uh, for the last few reporting periods. So, you know, Paul Ryan's not going to worry about money come November, assuming he runs for election. That's really kind of one of the questions that's out there about what's Ryan going to do. Occasionally you see rumors pop up that he might resign or not seek re-election. But here we are, uh, early April. You can start taking out nomination papers here before too long. I think there's a, a bet right now that he'll seek re-election, but that's not a guarantee because he keeps saying he'll sit down with his wife, have a conversation this spring, and then make a decision. Well, here it is springtime, so you know, what's Ryan going to do? Uh, looking at that district, it's still a Republican seat, uh, has a decent lean, Republican lean to it. If you break up the results of uh, the Supreme Court race, uh, conservative judge Michael Skrenek still won the first district, so it's not like it's a blue seat or that... Ryan's on the numbers should be in trouble, but, you know, it's something to watch. And don't forget, Randy Bryce has a primary opponent, Kathy Myers, and she's trying to make a big deal of the idea that Bryce is basically money in Hollywood without much substance. So there's still a, even though he's got in the back of people like Bernie Sanders, Bryce still has a hurdle to climb with that primary. He's got to win that first to have a shot at Ryan come November. 
Well, the spring elections last week resulted in a sort of a wake-up call for Republicans as Milwaukee County Circuit Judge Rebecca Dallet easily defeated, um, as you mentioned, Sauk County Judge Michael Skrenick. Governor Walker raised some eyebrows when he tweeted that there's a risk of a blue wave in Wisconsin and that it's coming for him in November. What did you make of the warning, and why did the governor feel like he had to sound the alarm like that? Well, Walker actually started sounding the alarm after the 10th Senate District Special Election in January. If you remember, he tweeted that that was a wake-up call for Republicans, and he was kind of active on social media, pushing a vote for Michael Skrenick. This one's something more like, you know, raising the alarm, not just a wake-up call. I mean, Walker needs the Republican base in Wisconsin to be engaged, energetic, and to turn out for him come November. Right now, we're not seeing the enthusiasm on the GOP side matching what we're seeing on the Democratic side. That is a warning sign for Scott Walker. Remember, you know, Governor Walker's won his elections with around 52% of the vote, give or take, a little bit, right? He's not a 60% kind of candidate where he's going to run up a big margin. So when you're talking your 52%, just, you know, a small flip can put you even or even down. So he's got to be worried about that a little bit. Um, the question, though, is what is happening with conservative voters that they're not energized right now in Wisconsin? Are they unhappy with Washington, D.C.? Are they embarrassed by Donald Trump? Are they not happy with Walker himself? What is going on that we're not seeing that enthusiasm? I went and looked at the returns in some key counties from last week, and what I noticed was turnout was up last week compared to 2015, the last time we had a contested Supreme Court race without a presidential primary on the ballot. So even like in the wild counties, they call me a Waukesha, Ozaki, Washington, he's kind of the heart of Jupiter territory. Turnout was up, but Skrenik did not hit the marks he would need to to be successful statewide. So it makes you wonder, is was it turnout up because it was Democrats who were turning out? You know, what is going on out there? But there's definitely a sign that Democrats are more engaged, energized right now. And for Walker, that's got to be something that's worrisome. It was announced last week that Vice President Mike Pence is coming to Wisconsin later this month to host a fundraiser for Walker. Do you think Walker's blue wave comments triggered the visit? And will Mike Pence be able to fire up the Republican base during his visit here? Uh, you know, in talking to Walker's campaign, they said this event had been the work for months. I mean, Mike Pence is a sitting vice president. You don't just call him on a Wednesday morning and get an announcement lined up by Thursday afternoon, you know. So it likely has been the works for a while. Um, Pence is somebody who's liked by the base. That will help. He'll also raise a good chunk of chain for Scott Walker. But, you know, he's also part of an administration that, you know, Donald Trump's numbers are decent, with, are pretty good with the base right now, at least last Marquette poll. But, you know, it's open question about how Donald Trump is going to impact what's going on in Wisconsin come November especially when he's not on the ballot. Uh, and talking to Republicans for last year, they've talked about a formula in their minds of if you can just get the normal Walker voter out and then get the Trump voter out, the people in northern and western Wisconsin in particular who turned out for me the first time Election Day 2016 and voted for Trump. If you can get that voter turnout as well, then I think that's a winning combination. But it's not clear right now that that's going to happen. And if you look at the numbers like in western and northern Wisconsin, I wouldn't say that that Trump voter turned out on Tuesday. Now, I, I can't say that for sure, but when you're seeing areas of the state flip, like Marathon County, let's just take that one. That's the Wausau area. That went for President Trump, I think, like the mid to upper 50s in 2016. Rebecca Dallet won Marathon County last Tuesday. So what does that mean? You know, that, again, sign that Democratic enthusiasm and 
Where are those Trump voters? Where are the conservatives? What is going on out there? And for Democrats, they have one more uh, opportunity to kind of drive home a talking point about a blue wave with these special elections in June that they think are an opportunity to pick up some seats. With the momentum going for Democrats now, when do you think the slate of Democratic candidates for governor will firm up and kick into high gear? It's a good question. A lot of people I talked to thought that after the funders reports in January came out that it would kind of pare the field down because we'd see who was serious and who was not, but it hasn't. And if you are somebody who's not in the race, you know, the suggestion was made to me last week that, hey, you might look at the results on Tuesday uh, so you can go, hey, I can still get in. You know, these guys, other guys aren't really raising that much money. There's still an opportunity. But I really have no idea when that field, how it gets pared down right now because there's no incentive to leave. They're all trying to raise money. Uh, we had Bob Harlow drop out, who was kind of a lower-tiered candidate, hadn't really got a lot of attention. He cited fundraising problems. But we will get not our next fundraising reports until July. And by then, will we have an idea, a better idea, of who's a stronger candidate, possibly? But then the race is in August. So, I mean, you know, what's your incentive to drop out right now as you kind of make that money chase for the July report? Another thing that came out of the spring elections, people voted overwhelmingly to keep the office of state treasurer. It looked like uh, we had two candidates who wanted to run for state treasurer in fall, but then one dropped out. Do you think more people will line up to run for the office, and does it look like a competitive race? Well, that race gets such little attention that for the most part, what happens at the top of the ticket, i.e. governor and the U.S. Senate, will likely drive what happens to the uh, treasurer's office. That's what we've noticed. I mean, Matt Adamczyk is Republican. He won in 14. Um, that just happened to be a year that Scott Walker won as a Republican in 10. Republican won. Scott Walker won in 06. Uh, Democrats won. So, I mean, my expectation is somewhat that whatever happens at the top will happen at the bottom. And Democrats have a candidate right now. The Republicans had one, but he dropped out. I'm sure they'll find somebody else. But one of the big questions about that office is, what's it going to do? What, what will he attract you to run? because there aren't many responsibilities for the treasurer right now. And finally, taxpayers are on the hook for $30,000 after a court settlement involving State Representative Dale Coinga. He removed a protest sign that was critical of President Trump from the state capitol last year. Coinga defended his actions last week, saying the sign was a risk to the public because it had been placed over a curved wall and posed a danger. Some Democrats dismissed Coinga's explanation as laughable. Do you think this flap will follow Coinga as he seeks election to the state Senate this fall? It's hard to know how this plays out. It doesn't look good for him to have this out there, to have taxpayers pick up the tab for a lawsuit. The question, though, is that seat is running for is fairly Republican. So will it hurt with those voters? I don't think he has a primary opponent right now. At least last time we checked, I did. He, last time I checked, he didn't. Um, but also, though, it's an area that's kind of the Milwaukee suburbs. And if you look nationally, that's the area where um, Republicans have been doing poorly lately, uh, in part because of President Trump. They've seen their numbers drop in the suburbs. So might you see some impact between President Trump and then you add this into it? Maybe. That's also, what, seven months away? It's hard to project right now what's happening You know, in mid-April is going to be a huge factor in November because there's so many other things could pop up between now and then that drive turnout, that drive perceptions, that drive feelings. So... Uh, it's not great, but I'm, not, I'm hesitant to predict what's going to mean November this far out. All right. Thanks for joining us, JR. Anytime.
That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.